Welcome back to Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatek, along with some guy who's sitting I'm to my... I'm Sean Kernikin. I've worked for him for seven years, but he forgets my name. So. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hi. Hi, nice so, to meet you, So, Sean's a great guy. Uh, he's really told me how much he wants to relocate to the Inland Empire, so if you'd be willing to hire him, I'll be paying <laughs> I'll his relocate first year to the salary. Moon. I'll relocate to the moon if I don't have to. Well, anyway, he this tells is, me he wants to relocate. I go, I don't think so. I think you're right where you want to be. And where or where he deserves to be. I must there have done go. something terrible in a past life. So uh, we are here on a civil action. This is our weekly podcast. Normally what we do in our podcast is we review cases. In about 20, 25 minutes, we review four cases each week that affect the plaintiff's practice from the Court of Appeal, the California Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, United States Supreme Court. But today we're here at the Consumer Attorneys of California Convention. We are talking to the great Bill Shapiro, who's one of the finest trial lawyers I know, who's based in the Inland Empire, but is well-known throughout the entire state of California. And uh, we're honored to have you with us here today, Bill. Um, it's my pleasure, Brian. I appreciate the comments are, uh, are appreciated. I mean, what can I say? You interview a lot of folks. We, we have a great time interviewing people, and we interview people we really enjoy. So thank you for being with us. So let's get started. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your firm. Tell us where you're based. Tell us how you got to be a lawyer. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, my office is located in San Bernardino, California. I've been out there for 41 years now. I took about a six-year break, and I practiced law with my great friend, uh, Mark Robinson. And I left uh, in, in 2016 again just because I felt, you know, I, I enjoyed my original model, a little smaller, mo- smaller model with uh, fewer cases. Uh, hopefully high-end values, and uh, it's worked out. What caused me to be a lawyer, you know, I was, uh, I was a PE major, and I was coaching uh, high school in 1974 after getting my teaching credential. And what were you I, coaching? I was coaching football. Everything? Okay. Well, okay. Football, mostly football. Little, I think a little bit of football, a little bit of everything. You know how it is, teaching high school. And I was running one day upstate college boulevard in Fullerton where I'd gone to both college and law or ended up law school, and I saw a sign on the building. And the sign, because I'd watched as I run on my daily run, I watched this building be constructed, and the sign went up, and it said College of Law. And as a 23-year-old kid, I went, hmm, I wonder what that's all about. So I walked, I walked in. Obviously, the rest is history. I went to law school, loved wow. it, felt, found my passion, and uh, that's where it's been ever since. Well, we'll get back to your career in just a moment. But when you were coaching football, did you have a five-eight and under league? Because that would be good for me and Sean. Yeah, yeah we you know, we didn't like a midget league. <laughs> we didn't have a five-eight and under league. No, we'd be good at that though. Well, you're good I'd, at a I'd lot excel of things. in that league. <laughs> we had a lot of great, very talented athletes that were five-eight and under, though. So you were coaching though in the early seventies, right? Yes. So, are you stunned today? by the actual size of some of these both high school and college football players? Yeah, I'm stunned not only by the size of the athletes, I am totally stunned by the ability in light of the size of these athletes. These are specimens today. Because because when you and I were young, a, a, a kid who was like 6'8", 6'9", was lanky, awkward, mm-hmm. wasn't able to get around, and now you've got these just, they're giants. Yeah, you know, you see these guys, when we were, when we were in high school, Playing basketball, the 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 guy six eight, you know, and and that size was kind of the guy who hung under the bucket. 
yeah. and you just try and feed him the ball. Yeah. Today's world, obviously, completely. Different. It's funny how Sean's pretending like he knows basketball. <laughs> what is Sean that? Sean does know. What is that? Yeah, so Brian let's get. And let's get. Let, speak for yourself. So let's get back to to Bill and his career. So where did you start working first? I initially worked at a law firm when I was in my first year in law school, uh, called Hayton and Peach. It was a personal injury firm out in San Bernardino. I had. Uh, I had taken my paper in law school up to turn it in, and the guy in front of me had this crisp document, and I had this smudged paper, and I asked him, where'd you get that? He said it was from our secretary. And I said, "Uh, whose secretary? He was my dad's. I said, I need to meet your dad. So I ended up meeting his father, and I clerked at that firm for uh, three years through law school, ended up becoming partners with them for and stayed for three more years, and then I wanted to branch out on my own. And that's when I did. Uh, in 80, late 82, I branched out on my own. So early on in your career, tell us what you think was like a, a, a really pivotal case for you that made a huge difference as a lawyer. Yeah, well, my, uh, I was out of law school for about, uh, about two years. And the firm had been handling a, a case against Toyota. It was a case involving a rollover. And I, uh, I, I just felt passionate about this case on a product defect. It was an bef- uh, alleged defective uh, uh, door latch. I worked the case for years, and then I, I ended up trying that case. The, they wanted to ultimately refer it, and I said, no, we're not going to refer this case. You, you tried it. I tried that case for four months against a gentleman by the name of John Costanzo, and uh, it went to a uh, five, uh, five-day uh, deliberation. Jury deliberation. It ended up to be a defense. I turned it around on appeal, and Costanzo called my office, said, I want to talk to you, called me in. We sat down, and we got that case settled for, wow. for good money. Yeah. And but so you, that, was a, that, that really was a, a tide turner for me because that, at the conclusion of that case, because I almost I, I took it devastating when I lost the case. I almost stopped practicing law because I thought it was so wrong that I lost after how long? After putting in how much time? Well, it was years, and you know, back in that, those days, we uh, we had no money for costs, so we all took you know loans out on our yeah. houses and things yeah. like that. But the bottom line was, it was a it was really where I felt just completely passionate about the law, and in particular, product liability and personal injury for plaintiffs. So let's go forward now in in the current times. It doesn't have to be right now. It could have been ten years ago. In passionate case that you feel really strongly about as you sit here today? You know, I'll tell you, we just finished two cases. We've just finished two cases, uh, both against public entities. It was very, they were very tough cases, but we did a, a lot of muscle work on the case. One was the case involving a young lady walking on a roadway who was struck by a city bus, but she was in the roadway. Uh, as, as things turned out, like what we do, we just kept probing and probing and probing, and I don't want to take all day long with this, but the bottom line was we found that the bus driver had an eye condition that the city knew about. And it was an eye condition. When I kept probing and I ultimately took and got his medical records, took the depositions of the doctors that he'd been treating with, who told him maybe avoid driving and the like. So as you can tell, it was a catastrophic brain injury, went to a, a huge result. Another one was a case where a, a gal, 1530, clearly runs a red light. My, uh, my client's son uh, was catastrophically injured with, uh, you know, brain injuries. Again, clear liability against the girl. And as, as it would be in probing with the city, 
we came to find out that because of the location of the accident, speed limit was actually prima facie 65. The lights were timed for 50. And as it, as it were, when I had my reconstructions doing animation, had that light been properly timed, that accident would not have happened. Wow. Proved that ends up the case settles just before trial for great. another great result for my client. Wow. Let's talk about juries in San Bernardino. Uh, how would you rate them these days? You know, I'll tell you, the juries out in San Bernardino, are, I think they're phenomenal. I've had really good results with them. It's not to say that they're defense-proof, but they're, I, I like to talk about these folks as being hard workers. A lot of times they're called blue-collar, but I don't call them blue-collar. I just rather refer to them as hard-working people. They have uh, an understanding <clears throat> excuse me, and some compassion. Uh, you know, I've tried, just finished trial in Orange County. Uh, you don't want to ever lump juries, you know, all in one basket. But, you know, they're a little bit conservative out there. And I, I, I thought, wow. And out in San Bernardino, they're, they're, they're not afraid to express themselves. We've, had, we've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed, and I know you and others have enjoyed some good verdicts out there. And it's not just the jury, by the way, who does that. We know when you get a, a verdict, Brian, that, and we've talked about this. It's, it, it's not just the jury. It happens to be a lot of the lawyer's ability and the case itself. Well, but, it's being smart, right? I mean, it's, it's, you don't take cases to trial that when you get fair, decent offers. You take cases to trial when the other side's unrealistic. And they give you, you know, I, I just had a case. I was talking to my son, Brian. I said, Brian, do you uh, How does he spell uh, his name? B-R-I-A-N. That's the right way. That's correct. Okay, we can go on now. (laughs) You can continue. I saw to that, by the way. (laughs) Good, thank you. No, and I I told him, I said, you know, whenever somebody doesn't give you a decent offer, they give you the opportunity to be a great lawyer. And now what you have to do is take that opportunity and go do it. So so I was going to ask, what advice would you have for young lawyers now that are on the fence about trying cases or starting out in their career? Well, I think uh, like Brian, like myself, we started out, we started, now we started trying cases, I think, a little bit quicker than these young folks do today. The cases that we cut our teeth on were smaller cases, and we tried a lot of them. Uh, These guys today, I mean, in my practice, particularly right now, I don't don't really take too many uh, on the lower end cases. So he has a hard time, but we've, we've tried several cases where he's second chaired, and he's about to, you know, try his first chair on his own. He's been practicing about three years. So I think I think one thing lawyers could do, younger lawyers who haven't tried a lot of cases, is reach out to the people who have high volume uh, practices and say, look, you got a 1530 case. They're offering you five grand. Let me try it. Exactly. Just I'll do it for free. You pay the cost. I'll just do it for free. And then just get there in front of a jury for a day or two, you know, kind of breaks the ice. It makes you feel what it's like to try a case. Exactly. And there's other programs that are involved in both the public defender's office in some counties as well as the DA's office yep. that allow you to do that. But I agree with Brian. The, the bottom line is getting them in front of a jury. And it also, even as a second chair, my, my son, uh, he just took some witnesses on a case, and that just cuts him in. But, and, he, and I was really I was proud to have him, not as a son, because I told him, my clients, our clients don't need a son. There, there's <laughs> a, a beautiful home yeah. in Anaheim yeah. that we have. A, that you're my son. In this building, we need great lawyers. Yeah. And so, you know, and he, he, took, he takes it serious. And, That's great, though. That's terrific. So, Bill, at this point, we're going to have a little fun. We get to ask you completely meaningless, lacking in substance questions. Um, mostly for our own amusement, uh, and uh, we're going to rapid-fire match you, okay? All right. Fair enough? 
All right, Chant, you go first. They're not all meaningless. Um, growing up, what did you want to be? Growing up, what I wanted, you know, I, tell you, I really didn't have too much focus on it. Ironically, in the seventh grade, I did a project, and, and a career project, and the career was being a lawyer. Oh, and, interesting. Well, favorite, favorite song? Favorite song is Desperado by the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie is My Cousin Vinny. That's a good one. That's a good choice. Very good one. We completely applaud that choice. I saw it the other day for the first time in about five or six years. It's such a good movie. I've seen that movie I don't know how many times. Yeah. Now, that's my favorite movie. The one I can't really watch too often, if, if anymore, is Fatal Attraction. That one is just yeah. one spooky movie, but that's all right. It was a great job that they did. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Favorite song. Oh, I asked you favorite song. I asked you favorite song. We've Think asked you favorite else. movie. Think of something uh, else. How do you like your how do you like your potatoes prepared? <laughs> my potatoes. Prepared. Yeah, how do you Medium like your potatoes? Only Capitac could ask yeah. me right. that question. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. You know, I'll tell you what. I I think I like baked potatoes. Yeah, that's a good choice. Because you can add so much to it. Well, you can add a lot. I like a lot on the side, and maybe I like to cheat a little bit by bringing the side back on where I shouldn't yeah. have it. But it's it's good. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Reading minds. Good one. In our it's business, I think it's, uh, yeah. and we try, and Absolutely. we may think we can, but we can't. You you have a little bit of a car collection, don't you? I do. What's your favorite car? I have a 62 Corvette with a uh, Newman chassis. It's got a 454 in it. It's completely not stock, but I also have a host of other Corvettes that are completely stock, 63 split window, and I've got a 69 427 along with a collection of cars. I'm stuck in the 60s, Brian. You know how we are. So I've got, uh, I've got a Chevelle 66 396 and a 66 Nova 69. My first car was a 63 Chevy Nova. There you with go. With a straight eye. Yeah, I had a, I had a station Easiest wagon. car in the world to work on. It is. It's, it's you could straight. actually put an entire family under the hood. Yeah, it's, it's so much <laughs> empty space there. The one I've got is a 327, so I, don't, I had a six-cylinder. Yeah. But uh, they're all great cars, and we can really I, – I enjoy working on them, too. If you weren't a lawyer now, if you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? You I'd be in music. Okay. I, I, I'm, I, I have a huge passion for music. Do you play? I, I do. I'm a, I'm a, I, uh, I played for many years. I played out in Vegas for many years. Uh, I uh, had the good fortune of playing with Toby Keith and Keith oh, wow. Urban recently. In two, the most recent was with Jake Owen in 2016. You play guitar? I play pedal steel guitar, and oh, I play wow. a tiny bit of banjo. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then I also play a lead guitar. Plug for Sean. Sean, what do you play? I play guitar. Oh, like, right? I grew up playing classical flamenco Spanish guitar. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. I'm yeah. kind of more on the rock side or country rock. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it's great. No, that's what I would do if I wasn't a lawyer. Musician. And I still can't give it up. I have a studio in my home. Wow. And so uh, if, if I wasn't practicing law, I would, do, I would be doing that. That makes you extremely cool. Yeah, who a lot cooler wanna, than us. Who would you want to play with that you've never played with, living or dead? Um, geez, so many. I'll tell you, I'm a huge Joe Walsh fan. Uh, I'm a huge Eagles fan. But then mm-hmm. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I, I've got, look, with music, I, I love all kinds of music. We could do a separate podcast on Bill Shapiro's music. I, I don't know if it would Your be, passion for music. Yeah, I, I've got a huge passion for it. My genre, it'd be anything along the lines of, uh, lines of Marshall Tucker, Leonard Skinner, that kind of country rock vibe, all the way into, I've done a lot of heavy, just old-fashioned country, if you will, prime country. Mm-hmm. And the newer stuff, I'm not such a huge fan of. But, you know, I still enjoy it. 
But I like other than country as well. Bill, you've been a terrific guest of ours. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you and everything you do. Uh, thank you so much for joining us Civil Action. This has been uh, Brian Kapodek and Sean Karnickian with Bill Shapiro, our very special guest. Sean, tell people where they can find us. Sure, they can find us online at kbklawyers.com. And uh, thank you, Bill, for joining us. Hey, I want to thank Sean. I want to thank Brian, two terrific guys, and what a phenomenal program we've got. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bill.